0: to a verse in 1 Samuel chapter 7, so if you'd like to turn with me, 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. Up until this, oh, let's read the verse first, then I'll tell you my funny story. So 1 Samuel 7 verse 12 says, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. In Steps to Christ, page 125, Ellen White wrote, Let us look to the monumental pillars, reminders of what the Lord has done to comfort us and save us from the hand of the destroyer. Let us keep fresh in our memory all the tender mercies that God has shown us the tears he has wiped away, the pains he has soothed, the anxieties removed, the fears dispelled, the wants supplied the blessings bestowed, thus strengthening ourselves for all that is before us through the remainder of our pilgrimage. What a beautiful reminder, and that made the song so much more meaningful when I understood um, the reference. Now I have to admit my funny story. Up until the day when I read those verses in my devotional reading, the only thing I could connect the word Ebenezer from Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing was to Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) And I never could make sense of verse 2. When Amy and I were preparing for today, I shared with her my funny story. And her reply was so inspiring, I asked if I could quote her, and she said yes. She had texted me back. Isn't that something to remember? We all have connections to things in our minds that may not be correct, but we don't even realize it. This is a good thought, a good reminder for gentleness with others and for grace. So now, without further ado, if you wouldn't mind standing again, let's sing our opening hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Seated. As we prepare for prayer time, I don't want to interrupt that with my explanation. So we're going to look at the next hymn quickly and then Joy will take over um, leading us into prayer. If you'd like to follow along in your hymnal, the song that we sing each week before prayer is hymn number 671. It was written by Ralph Carmichael. And he said he wrote this little song that was intended to be sung before prayer for a group of California young people in the 1960s. He was working for Youth for Christ at that time. In a quote of his written in his biography, he speaks of his personal relationship with God and of God's leading in his life. And the quote ends with this sentence. In our wildest imagination, we couldn't conjecture what God has still Planned ahead. Yeah. Joy's gonna, come in. <laughs> Everything's
1: out of order. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice being out of order sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. A little bit of confusion now and then. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing at all. You know, it's a time for praise and uh, request to the Lord, and um, I have not seen any new prayer request on our prayer board, but I'm wondering if we here in the sanctuary have silent requests and silent praises that we would like to offer to the Lord this morning. Thank you. Those who are able, will you kneel, please, and... The rest of us who can't, let's just bow our heads and thank you. Mm-hmm. Now then, Lord, as we pray, take our hearts and minds far away from the breast of the world all around to your throne where Christ does a band let our hearts be transformed by your love may us soul People who are here, join us now as we come to you in prayer. Dear God, thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for holding us securely as we walk through this land, and thank you for your loving ways that keep us unafraid. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we have sinned against you and come short of your glory. Help us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have given us. Help us to have humble and gentle hearts. Grant us patience with one another, bearing one another in love. May we walk humbly, Lord, with you God allowing you to show us the way God you know us so well you created us you know the number of hairs on our heads and you even know the thoughts conceived in our hearts before we ever vocalize them you've told us to come to you and ask for every need of life and so now Lord And according to your will, provide healing and comfort to those who are sick and distressed, those who hurt, Lord, those who sorrow, those who are absent. Hear the silent praises and requests, Lord. Strengthen our faith where it is weak, and strengthen our resolve to linger in your presence a little longer each day be with miss bobby and miss amy as they bring us the message today give us hearts like jesus to receive it and fill us with your holy spirit lord i pray amen
2: things are really an annoyance, aren't they? Anyway, our offering this morning, as noted in your bulletin, is for world budget. But as your treasurer, I want to thank you for your loyalty and your support during this very difficult time when we weren't meeting and everything else. Some weeks it looked like, oh my, we are really going to be in trouble here. And then the next week it would come in and So I thank you for your continued support uh, during the very difficult time. I know I've heard from, on the radio, mainly other churches that were uh, really in trouble because of the lack of offerings, but that hasn't been our case at all. And we just want to thank you and praise the Lord, really. And one thing I've been wanting to mention to you since it came into being during that time was that you can give online now if you would like. Would I prefer you do it with a check? Yes. It's just so much easier for me. But I don't mind doing it. If you want to do it online, you go to Adventist Giving and then just follow the instructions after that. And uh, it will work. There is like a two- to three-week delay from the time you give until I can receipt it to your account. Other times it's sooner than that, but, I mean, there is a delay. So when you get your receipts at the end of the year and you look and say, well, wow, how come that I gave that on such and such a date and it didn't show up until such and such a date? They do not want me to credit your account, so to speak, until it is actually deposited from the the people that handle this for us. But anyway, we... Thank you for your continued support, and as we're doing now, please remember to drop your offering in the plate at the door on your way out, and once again, thank you for your support. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning once again thanking you for your continued uh, caretaking of us. We thank you for your generosity to us, and we also thank you for the inclination that we have to give And now as we think of the world budget and the needs there, we ask that the monies that are donated will go far. And at last, when all things are said and done and all the offerings have been given, may we each one be in your kingdom. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: next we usually hear Jesus Loves Me. And if Amy, if you'd like to play while I talk about it, that would be fine. And boys and girls, you can come for a story if you'd like. The words to Jesus Loves Me and the tune are known around the world. The words were written originally just to be a poem entitled The Love of Jesus, and it was included in a novel um, titled Say and Seal. It was written in 1859 by Anna Warner and her sister Susan. The tune that we all know and love was composed by William Bradbury just three years later in 1862, and now we consider the words and the tune to be inseparable. Hello, do any of you play an instrument? And what do you play, Nancy? Okay, Danica? Oh, you're learning how to play some things? I know you've, we've had some people that have played chimes before. We're going to talk about music. Yeah, I know Jonas has. Ooh, and the recorder. We have a very musical group. And you have recorders at home? Okay, I know some of you have this book at home, so don't give away the surprise at the end, okay? Even the rocks. Psalms 98, verse 8 says, Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy. Once Jesus traveled to Jerusalem, and a crowd of people gathered close around him, and they began shouting out praises for all of the miracles that they had seen him do. But the Pharisees didn't like that, they wanted Jesus to tell the people to be quiet. But Jesus said, I tell you, if the people, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus can make even rocks and stones sing his praises. And that seems to be exactly what is happening just a few miles outside of Butte, Montana, where an unusual rock formation has people listening to the sounds and songs, of the ringing rocks. When someone strikes those special rocks with a hammer, the rocks ring like a bell. The shape of the rocks, their size, and how they are stacked cause each rock to make a different sound. Scientists aren't exactly sure why these rocks ring. They think perhaps it's because the rocks have iron in them. But Christians know the real reason. The rocks ring because God created them to ring. The Bible tells us in Psalms 19 verse 1 that the heavens tell the glory of God and the skies announce that his hands have made what his hands have made. So do the animals and the trees and the oceans and every single thing that God created. They all declare God is awesome and he is our creator. Even the rocks sing his praise. I have a little prayer. I'd like you to listen to it. And then, if you think it's a prayer you want to pray to, I'll read it again slowly, and you can repeat after me, okay? So first time, just listen to it, so you can decide if it's one you want to pray to. Lord, I cannot even count all the things I should praise you for, but I want to try. Help me remember to ring out your praises Every day. Do you want to pray that prayer? Okay, let's do it together. Can you repeat it after me? Say, Dear Lord, I cannot count all the things I should praise you for, but I want to try. Help me remember to ring out your praises what? every day. Every day. Amen. Amen. Now, before you go back to your seats, would you like to see and hear what those ringing rocks sound like? Yes, I do. Okay, Gage, we're ready.
3: Hey. Okay. Okay.
0: isn't that cool i think i want to go there on a road trip someday i think that looks fun all right thank you for listening you can go back to your seats Our scripture this morning is Psalm 150, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord in his heavenly sanctuary! Praise him, all you who live throughout the universe! Praise him for what he has done! Praise him for the greatness of his power! Praise him with the sound of trumpets! Praise him with the harps and instruments of strings! Praise him with timbrels and dance! Praise him with harps and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Yes, even with the loud cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning again. Thank you for your patience with my out-of-the-ordinary day. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. That was beautiful. Um, as we were preparing for today, we wanted to talk about all the pieces we normally do in our worship service, but I had asked Amy if she'd help me in that. We would look at a few of my favorite song and her favorite song, and I'd like you to ponder because there'll be a moment for you to think about yours as well in a little while. Um, At a time when I had many, many questions and I felt that there were very few answers, I found and heard what is currently my favorite song. Um, And I found great hope in the words... Um, that it has, and a peace that through a very dark time, um, even when I didn't know the answers, (laughs) that I knew who did, and that I could trust him because I know God is good. My current favorite song is written by Andrew Peterson, and it is entitled, Is He Worthy? I invite you to turn to Revelation 5 with me. Andrew Peterson, when he wrote this song, was working on a collection of songs to make a new record where all of the songs on the record would be about the resurrection. He knew he wanted to include a hymn that would be written for a congregation to sing, and that's not his normal style of songwriting. And as he was reading and studying the Bible and praying that God would lead him to finish that collection. This chapter um, really jumped out at him, and I'd like us um, to read it this morning. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in earth or in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked. And behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth, then he came back and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll and the four living or oh, sorry, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders. Fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people, a nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the altars, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him, who lives forever and ever. So for a few minutes, I would like you to enjoy my favorite song of praise and worship. (laughs)
3: I'll be a little bit Is he worthy, is he worthy of all blessing and honor? we yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: is worthy. Amy is going to play What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and we want you to be able to participate today. So during that time, I really don't want you to sing. I'd like you to use that instrumental period (laughs) to ponder your favorite hymn, flip through your hymnal. What songs are your favorites? Why are they your favorites? Does it remind you of a special memory? Does it reference a treasured experience with Jesus? A precious scripture? If you'd like, mingle and swap stories with the people sitting next to you. What songs of praise, what hymns are your favorite and part of your story? When Amy's done playing after we've played what a friend we have in Jesus, then we'll continue with our service. But for right now, this time is yours.
4: Do you know him to be worthy? I love that song, too. And with Bobby starting with her darkest time and that being um, a hope song to her heart, I want you to think right now of your your darkest moments in your life and whether he was worthy. I asked that, I actually said that to people as I talked at my daughter's memorial. And I looked out over the congregation and I told them, I know that every single one of you has a really hard, emotional, dark place that you have been. I knew some of those um, personally from the people telling me. I knew some of them because you hear them through the grapevine. And even if I didn't know a person's really hard time, we're people. We live in a sinful world that's waiting for Jesus. And so you know everyone has gone through something hard. My hardest has been the loss of my daughter. Her death has been extremely difficult. But from the very night that she died, as we were in the ER, um, I praised Jesus. And it was only him that helped me to do that. And it was because I've known him throughout my life to be worthy in anything I've gone through or done. In our Sabbath school class, the girls and I have a prayer that we try to remember to do every week. It's the Acts prayer where you adore Jesus for who he is. You're not thanking him. You're adoring him. You're saying, Jesus, I love how faithful you are. I love how forgiving you are. Anything that is his character, you adore him for. And the C is that you confess to him that you are a sinner And the sins that you recognize that he needs to take away. And the T is Thanksgiving. There is where you get to thank him for everything you recognize that he's done for you. And I love how in the children's story, that the prayer that Bobby led you through says, we don't even know how to count all the things that we should be thankful for to him. But we ask him to point them out to our hearts and our minds. And the S in the Acts prayer is supplication. The girls didn't know what that word meant. And I said, well, break it down. What's a smaller word that you see in it? And they said, supply. Yeah, Yeah. you ask him to supply. And and (laughs) inevitably, when you're asking him to supply your needs, you wind up going back to the realization that because he is faithful, because he is generous, You wind up thinking in your asking because he supplies everything, our life, everything. So my favorite song right now comes from the fact of my darkest time, from um, my daughter's death. It's, Oh, When Shall I See Jesus? It's number 448. I know him to be worthy of all of my praise. He is worthy of my tears. (laughs) Um, He's worthy of everything that comes from my heart. And in the song, it says, When shall I see Jesus and reign with him above? He is my hope. I am waiting for him to come. I want first to see him, because if I do not see him first, I will not see my daughter. He is life, and he gives it back. And then it goes on in verse 2 to say, Gird on the gospel armor of faith and hope and love. When we count him as worthy, then we want to be part of telling other people that he's worthy of their praise. He's worthy of their repentance. (laughs) He's worthy of everything from them. So this is my favorite song, and I invite you to sing it with us. And I just want to point out one more thing. Throughout it, you hear the trumpet. I am waiting to hear that trumpet.
0: Thank you, Amy. In preparation for our closing hymn, I'd like to share with you a little of the story behind How Great Thou Art. Um, it was always one of my favorite hymns because it's been one of my dad's favorite hymns, because it was one of his mom's favorite hymns. This hymn is the result of a long series of translations and arrangements. The original of How Great Thou Art was Swedish and was written by Carl Boberg, who was a preacher and a member of the Swedish parliament and an editor of a weekly magazine. He wrote it one evening in 1888 while contemplating the power of God and the beautiful things of nature all around him. It was published in several magazines and it traveled to Germany, where it was translated into German in 1907. In 1912, it found its way to Russia, where the Russian translation caught the attention of a Methodist missionary, Stuart Hine. Hine used it in his evangelistic work in Russia, Poland, Czechoslovakia, and Romania, before making the English translation of the first three stanzas from the Russian translation. At that time, he had no idea that the original work was Swedish. At the outbreak of World War II, Hein returned to England and there wrote stanza four, that's in our hymnal, in 1948. The idea for this stanza was suggested to him by a question the Polish refugees were asking. When are we going home? This he published together with the Russian version in a gospel magazine, Grace and Peace, in 1949. And copies of it went to missionaries all over the world. One of these copies fell into the hand of George Beverly Shea who popularized it by repeated performances in Billy Graham's Crusades. Shea says that in 1957, New York Crusade, the choir joined me in singing How Great Thou Art 93 times. It became a keynote of praise each evening. In 1925, so going back a little bit in the history, an English translation which was titled Oh Mighty God had been made by an American, Gustav Johnson, and it appeared in several hymn books, but it never achieved a significant following. The Swedish Folk Melody first was first published in 1891. Hine says, The harmony I wrote from memory. And despite a few harmonic inaccuracies, it is essentially that which is used in nine different language translations of How Great Thou Art. And Hein reports that he has never seen the original Swedish music. Um, the Methodist hymnal was the first to print how great thou art in 1964 and since then nearly all hymn editors have included it as a praise as a hymn of praise and of the greatness of God. I thought it was wonderful in that Emma had no I we didn't talk but it worked out so beautifully. So Emma, I was thankful for the opportunity to just enjoy the music and to meditate on the words that I remember while you played and now I invite all of us to stand and let's sing together How Great Thou Art, hymn number 86. dear father in heaven we cannot begin to count all of the many ways and the things that we have to praise you for your character you are so good and you are love and you love us so completely thank you for the gift of music please tune our hearts to sing your praise in this coming week thank you Amen. We usually dismiss with hymn number 690. If you're interested in the words, it's hymn 690, and it's dismiss us, Lord, with a blessing. The funny story behind it is that this was written by Leroy Edwin, and he wanted to provide a suitable closing item for their choir or congregation to sing. And it was his undiverting custom that he wrote the tune first. And then he wrote the words. A large percentage of composers say that they work the other way around. Um, But in his case, the music inspired the words. Thank you.